Today is a little different again. We are going to have a message, but it's going to be a lot shorter um, because I want to continue with introductions. Uh, last week, uh, you got to hear from Laura, right? You got to hear a little bit about the children's ministry and what's taking place there. And then you got to hear from Christian, but not only just hear from him, I actually had him teach the main message. And I purposely really wanted to do that so you guys could get to know Christian a little bit. The one who is leading us in worship, the one who is also leading the youth. And, I, you know, he's here. He believes God's called him to ministry full-time to be a pastor, and I believe that's definitely true. And so I just wanted you guys to get to know Christian a little bit, because a lot of times your kids go up to children's ministry or your kids go to youth group, and you don't even know who they're going up there with. Um, I'd like at least a chance for you guys to get to know these guys a little bit more. And so, you didn't think I forgot Vicky, did you? No. My beautiful wife, I'd like you guys to get to know, because she actually is a leader of the ministry for the women, among many other hats she always wears. But I'd like to take some time for everyone just to get to know her a little bit, and she can share about the, herself and also about the women's ministry. So please welcome Vicki. Hello. So I'm Vicki, and um, a little bit about me. Um, I did not grow up in the church. Um, I got saved after my first son was born, and uh, that led me to acknowledge the fact that there has to be a creator to create such an amazing child. He was a baby. But um, (laughs) uh, that got me to search for truth. And after that point, that's when I received Christ. So um, I was raised by my mom, a single parent, and I am an only child. So uh, when it came to knowing anything about parenting, um, having a husband, running a house, that was something I did not know. (laughs) Um, But at that point, um, after I accepted Christ, uh, I quickly discovered that all those answers were right here in the Bible. And, um, And I was surrounded by a group of amazing women to help me and lead me and show me how to search for those answers. Um, so that's a little bit about me and, uh, I homeschool. I have four children and, um, I, I told Aaron today, I was like, oh, I can't believe you're having me talk today because, um, today my oldest son is on his way right now. He's at the airport to university. And, um, so I'm here on the other side of the world And if there's one place that I would like to be, it would be right there by him. (laughs) But um, I know that God has a plan, and in this time, he is having an amazing experience with his grandparents that have been away from him for so many years, because he's been over with us um, overseas. And so this is a great time for them to be with each other and to experience that together. So it is a big blessing. Um, So I just wanted to go through some different um, areas, different ministries that I have, different things that God has um, made me passionate about. Um, First, being a wife. uh, Next, being a mother. And my third item that I'm completely passionate about um, is studying the Bible. Um, I love studying God's Word. I feel like In this book, it gives us every single answer we could ever imagine. 
in life, anything from finances to um, it's just everything. So I love that. I love exploring what God's Word has to say and allowing Him to speak directly to me. Ministries. My first ministry is being a wife. Uh, my next ministry is my children. Uh, my third ministry uh, is homeschooling. Now, not everyone is called to homeschool. I know this, okay? I've met parents that I'm like, you need to send your kid to school. That is a good idea, okay? <laughs> so, um, but God has called me specifically, put on my heart that I need to homeschool. Um, that was confirmed because I started homeschooling my son in preschool. And when he was in second grade and Joslyn was in kindergarten, um, I sent my kids to school for three months. It was just the end of the year. I was pregnant. I was stressed and blah, blah, blah. So I sent them to school for three months. In that three months, it was the worst three months of my life. Um, I was miserable. I knew that it was against God's calling for me. Um, I knew that I was following just the ways, not, I don't say the ways of the world, but for me specifically, it was like I was um, giving into the pressures uh, from outside to send the kids off um, because that's not what God called me to do. And he gave me scripture in that time, and that has been the scripture that I cling to now. And so when I start to doubt, um, you know, I'm not able to homeschool, I'm not able to do this, I'm not able to do that, um, or maybe my kids aren't as advanced in math, or they're lacking in this other area, God calls me back to that scripture, and it's, Focus on the Word of God. That's why I'm homeschooling. And that is the main priority for me and my family. Um, again, it does not mean that's like everyone's Bible scripture for to homeschool or whatever you do with your children. That's specifically for me, for what God has showed me. And um, so I wanted to share all that, and you're probably wondering... Okay, that's really nice. Why, why are you sharing all this information? What does this have to do with the church? Well, for women's ministry, I believe that you have to be passionate in the lives of women and care for the lives of women. And I know that not every woman is married, not every woman is homeschooling um, or has children, but we are all women. And it gives me a heart for women and a desire to help them and encourage them and to always point them to what God says to them in his word specifically. Um, and so I'm also very, um, anytime someone calls me up and asks me a question, like, well, have you prayed about this and have you looked into God's word? Have you been studying your Bible? <laughs> um, so I really want that to be the focus, not what I say. The next ministry is Love God Greatly, is the Bible studies that we study at Refuge. It leads women through verse by verse in the Bible. Sometimes we do topical studies. Sometimes we do books of the Bible. Basically what it is, it's a format called SOAP. It's a SOAP method. 
S stands for scripture, O stands for um, observation, A stands for application, and P stands for prayer. So it's getting you into the verses, and I don't know if any of you have ever heard of inductive Bible study. This is like a simplified version (laughs) of it. It makes it to where a busy mom like me can be sitting at Jesus' feet daily. Uh, We study the Bible in this Bible study Monday through Friday. We come together on Saturdays and do review questions. And I just want to share Luke 10, 39 with you guys. Okay, so this is my favorite sound in a church. So Luke 10, 39. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. That's what these Bible studies are about. It's the sit at his feet daily. I always tell the ladies that how do you know, how do you know who God is? And do you have a relationship with him? How do you have a relationship with him? How do you have a relationship with a friend? Because so often people think, well, I'm just going to go to church and then go home. And their Bible's just sitting there all week long. Um, and you say, well, how have you read your Bible? Well, I've been really praying about the situation. Okay, well, that's lovely. <laughs> Prayer is great. But how is God going to speak to you? So... I reference this. How do you have a friend? Okay, on Facebook, we have lots of friends, right? Would you say they all know you? No. (laughs) Those are like acquaintances. You know who they are, but you don't really know them. And so I'm going to give some examples. Um, This week, I was treated by a friend, um, Jenny. She took me out, and it was our first time that we had ever spent together before Before that day, we would say, yeah, we know each other, you know, she's nice, it's like an acquaintance, you know, I, yeah, okay, I'll call her a friend, but I don't really know her, but you know, (laughs) Um, but we spent all day and we talked and shared, and now I know things about Jenny, like we were able to share with one another. So when you go home after church and your Bible's just sitting there all week long, how can you say that you really know God? It'd be like a Facebook friend that you don't interact with. (laughs) So um, I just really like to share with the ladies, you got to be in your word daily. That's how you're going to get the answers. That's how you're going to know God's dislikes and likes. You're going to learn the desires of his hearts for you. Uh, So now I want to just share John... 15 verses 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither you or neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And we bear fruit when we're abiding in him. We're growing in him. We're developing that relationship because Jesus desires us to know him and know his heart and have a relationship with him. 
to be his friend, which we just studied in a previous um, Bible study that we just finished. And I just, I love that. I love sitting at his feet daily. And that is what the women's ministry is about. Another part, one more ministry that I'm involved in with Love God Greatly and Refuge is a translation. So there's a whole group of women in Myanmar. There's 14 ladies on the translation team. And we translate the Bible studies into Burmese. I absolutely love this because when I came over here, I discovered there's not many women Bible studies. <laughs> and in America, it's like you can get anything you want for women's Bible studies. Um, and a lot of times, though, it's just some book that's with someone's opinion. And that's not a Bible study. <laughs> a Bible study is diving into God's word, getting God's opinion. I don't care about what some other lady has to say, and you really shouldn't care about what I have to say. <laughs> you should only care about what God has to say. And so I love that. I love that about these Bible studies because it just gets into the word of God, not a bunch of stuff from someone else. And um, so we have Burmese translation. We are praying about um, the, some of the ladies on the team starting to translate in Karen. And, um, and we'll see what God does. I know there's no translation in Thai yet, so um, can pray for that. And I just love it. I love to be able to bring the word to women all over the world. Thank you. Wow. Proverbs 31. Who could find such a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. I'm very blessed. Now, as uh, you got to know Vicky a little bit, and I think her so much, she did an excellent job there sharing her passion uh, for how God has called her to serve in the different areas in her life. And uh, I just thought it important that everyone here uh, get to know her a little bit. I know some people got to hang out with her a little bit, um, but not everyone gets to hang out with her. And uh, so, you know, get to know her a little bit and see uh, what her passions are and how she can um, just be, how she serves here. Now, the other thing I love to do, and uh, normally we do this when a person, uh, say, they come to the church for the first time. I usually ask them if they'd like to share for a few minutes, um, you know, their name, who they are, their family, you know, who they are. And being that we all kind of came at different times, I still would like to do that, but over an extended period of time, <laughs> because otherwise um, it would be a lot of sharing. And so I would like to hear from each one of your families uh, during the next many weeks, if months, whatever it would take, um, but for today, I've actually asked Kevin to come up here and share and uh, a little bit about himself, his family, and the ministry he's involved in. And again, I said today's a little bit different, but I think that Refuge is a family. We are a church, and as we are that body of believers, we need to get to know each other, and then we also are going to get into God's Word. So welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Aaron. I feel like I know most of you guys here, um, but my name is Kevin. And I just got to celebrate this last week, my two years being in Chiang Mai. Um, so that was pretty exciting. We've been here for two years, and I, I'm like, man, the time has gone by really fast. But uh, my name is Kevin Johnson, and I am married to Katie. She's back over there. And we have seven children together. Um, most of them are 
in the other room with the other kids. Um, we have uh, four girls and three boys. And um, I'm originally from Olympia, Washington. But the Lord, a long time ago, kind of called me away from the United States. I've not lived in the U.S. for 15 years. We've lived in Asia for a long time. All but one of our kids was born in Japan. And the Lord, he, in the military, he called me to Japan. And then after a couple years, I got out of the military there. And I actually got to serve and minister with Calvary Chapel Okinawa um, in Okinawa, Japan. And I was there for about 13 years in Japan. And um, we worked with the youth ministry, started out with junior high, and then went to the high school ministry. And then we did both uh, together. And after several years, we had the treat and the pleasure of turning over the youth ministry that we had started there at Calvary Chapel Okinawa to the actual kids that grew up through the program, which was a huge, huge blessing. And just to see the fruit of your service and, and God's faithfulness to raising up the next generation. And then I got to serve as the assistant pastor at Calvary Chapel Okinawa for a couple of years before the church sent me out here to work with an organization um, here in Thailand, Free the Oppressed Foundation. And then uh, we have partner organizations, our international organizations, uh, the Free Burma Rangers. So currently I get to serve as a chaplain and uh, volunteer as the staff chaplain here in Chiang Mai. And it's been um, a wild ride, but it's been a lot of fun. And throughout... Um, my t- kind of time in ministry, the Lord's kind of laid two passages on my heart that I wanted to share with you. And the first is from Proverbs um, chapter 119, um, verse 105. And I love uh, this verse. It's kind of on all my emails, but it's, uh, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And a long time ago, when I first had an encounter with the Lord, He kind of gave me that verse. And when I was younger and I had a lot of questions, where should I go? What's the right way? What's the right path to walk? Um, I could always turn back to that verse. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It, it illuminates the way that God wants me to go. And I think that's a universal truth for all of us. So as we want to know where God wants us to go, again, I Thank you, Vicki, for sharing. I, I agree. We have to turn to the Word of God, and the Word of God gives us truth and direction and encouragement and strength and um, will illuminate the right path that God has for us. And the other passage that I'd like to share with you is actually from Isaiah, and it's Isaiah chapter 55. And when I was in youth ministry a long time ago and just struggling and wondering and am I, am I, is, am what I'm doing, uh, is it effective, you know, is it worth it? And God gave me this verse um, in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and 11. It says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. 
so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. And man, that was such an encouraging verse for me, and I've kind of held on to it all my life. Because teaching kids, and then even with uh, working with Free the Oppressed Foundation, teaching and kind of leading a, a staff of volunteers, God's Word is paramount. And really, it's the thing that will change our lives. It's changed my life. It will change your life. And it's the most powerful thing that we have to offer someone else. And God's, his, He's given us the promise that it will not return void. It will be effective. And so as we get to faithfully share the Word of God with others, just simply, um, it, God does the work. And, and all we have to do is be faithful to scatter the seed of the Word, and, and God will cause the increase, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of all those around us that are hearers. And so... It's always been a passage that I've been blessed by and a truth that I've tried to hold on to. And so um, I would ask that if you're willing uh, to pray for us and uh, the Free the Oppressed Foundation, just pray that we would be faithful to continue to share the Word of God no matter where we go, here in Chiang Mai or as we do our international outreaches and projects in, in Myanmar and in Syria, and in Iraq, and wherever else around the world uh, that the Lord would take us, that, uh, that we would be faithful just to simply teach the Word of God, and to allow God to bring the effective increase in the lives of the hearers. And so if you could pray for that, um, and pray for me and our family, uh, we thank you, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity just to share a little bit about ourselves. So thanks, Aaron. Thank you, Kevin. Um, you know, I've only known Kevin, well, it'll be coming up on a, one week. It'll be two years, right? Because uh, I should have shared that picture, but I didn't. Anyways, you actually met Kevin at a Calvary Chapel conference here in Chiang Mai uh, two years ago, and we went and round the mountain just to uh, hang out together. So praise the Lord. He's been a great friend, uh, very encouraging to me when we were in Myanmar. Uh, one of the guys I talked to, uh, one of the most, especially as we experienced all the things that happened there with the military coup. As we get going here, this is again going to be a little bit different service. Um, the question I want to ask is, many of you are here today. Some of you, I believe, are wondering, maybe some of you are not, but there's some, you know, you're here and you're wondering, like, what is Refuge Fellowship? Or maybe some of you don't even quite sure what is Calvary Chapel. Or maybe you're praying, and I hope you're praying, about making this your home church. And I believe having a home church is very important. Um, Kevin gave a great message on Thursday that corporate worship is a requirement in the New Testament. God has called us to have worship with believers. And on Sunday, we actually looked at that. Um, so you should, not only that should you be in church, but you should have a home church because that's when you get to know people. We get to see people's prayer requests. We get to see what's going on in their lives, how we can come alongside and lift up each other in all the different ways that we can come along each other. So home church is very important. So again, Again, we are doing things a little different today. And, uh, you know, again, I promise that uh, next few weeks I might do things even a little different. We're trying to learn and just see how to format this service that would best serve you guys. And so, again, 
I just mentioned it before, if you have any suggestions, please let me know. I'm more than willing to hear that, and uh, yeah. So I thought since Vicki shared, I asked Kevin to share, I guess I should probably share at least for a couple minutes. Um, Vicki kind of shared about our family uh, a little bit. I don't want to share too much. I don't want to sh- get into my testimony today, but there are people here that really don't know me. And I thought, well, if they're considering possibly making this their home church, they should probably at least start to get to know a little bit about me. And uh, again, if you do want to hear my testimony, there's a couple very old versions of it online. I can give you them. Um, some of them are seven years old. Some are newer. I think I did do a newer one, but I don't. I can send it to you because I don't think it's online, but I have it on my computer. Or I could just sit down and chat with you one day and tell you. But I'll give you a little bit of history. Um, Vicky shared that you know we didn't grow up necessarily as Christians, and while that's very true for her, I actually grew up in a Christian home. Um, I have to be careful with that because. Um, my family, my mom would say she was Christian, and she loves the Lord uh, today. She definitely loves the Lord. But my teenage life and young adult life was not lived in any which fashion as a Christian. Um, interesting, and this is my testimony, um, I, I believed in God. You know, I believed that there was a God. I believed in Jesus. I believed that Jesus came and died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was resurrected. I believed that in faith. But, and I've shared before, I was not surrendered to Jesus. He was not the Lord of my life. I was. I was the Lord of my life. And it wasn't until later, uh, Vicki got saved. Um, she became what I called one of them Jesus freaks. And she was going to Bible studies all the time down at Calvary Chapel. Uh, she was gone. She's reading the Bible. She's buying me Bibles for Christmas. Um, you know, I thought she was going to put a, one of them signs up in the front yard that said, Jesus saves. Um, she just, I call her a Jesus freak. And, uh, you know, it was okay if you wanted to be a Christian, but, you know, you don't need to be all crazy about it. It's kind of what I thought. And, uh, you know, that was a difficult time in our relationship. Let's just put it that way. But uh, I have such a godly wife. And uh, through time, again, I'm not going to share my whole testimony. Um, soon after 2008, my life changed radically, and I came to know the Lord. And uh, I surrendered is what it was. I knew the Lord, but he wasn't the Lord of my life. And I surrendered my life entirely and utterly to him and just laid it all down before him and say, here I am. And I meant it. I really, really meant it. And uh, it wasn't long after that that I was working, and I was uh, working some graveyard shifts at the, where I worked. I was working in a gold mine. And it sounds like, ooh, everyone's like, ooh, you worked in a gold mine. Well, it wasn't that exciting. Um, I sat in a piece of equipment half the time, and one of my jobs is, I, is a road grader. Many of maybe you know it's got the big blade in the middle of it. You know, you grade roads with it. But I didn't have that big good of a job. I would sit there on the side road, and these big trucks would go up and down the mountain all day, all night, you know, 24-7. And if they spilt the rock off, I'd get the radio call. You know, turn seven, go get the rock. Because if these trucks run over the rock, it'd pop the tire. And the tires were like $50,000 a piece. So they would pay me to sit there and wait. I'd sometimes wait six hours. I mean, yeah, at night. And so sometimes I'd have other little projects to do. I mean, they didn't always have me sit there, but if it was late at night, graveyard shift, there wasn't much to do. And they didn't want you in the way of the trucks because they'd be in the way of the trucks, you know, making the money up and down. So I would read my Bible, and I'd listen to Chuck Smith. And uh, I had audio Bible. I had another little Bible. I completely wore that whole Bible out. Um, I don't ever know what happened to it. Uh, it disappeared somewhere. Um, but night after night, uh, day after day, I just read the Bible, and I studied the Word of God. And at that time, um, 
you know, I shared just at a devotion the other day in Romans uh, some of the things that were spoken to me through that. But through the Word of God, through reading the Word of God, a lot of things were spoken in, through that to me, which really showed me, you know, who God was and who I needed to be. And so I felt a call to ministry. And as the calling went on, I believe that he said right then that, you know, I want you to go to overseas missions. I'm calling you to be a pastor. And I actually didn't share that for a long time with anyone because I was like, you, like, you don't know who I am. Uh, I am unqualified. I am in every which aspect of my life. And you know what? That's still true today. Praise the Lord. Because it's the Holy Spirit. Um, You know, I don't want to be qualified. I want the Holy Spirit. But uh, again, there's a long testimony there, but I did want to share a verse out of that that really was spoken to my life. Um, it's such a simple verse. It's Mark 16:15. If you could turn there, I know you guys all know it, but I'd like to turn there. Um, it's just this was what was spoken to me, and I really believe it was spoken to me. Mark 16:15. And then he told them, "Go." into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. You know, it sounds so simple, but I'm going to tell you, I sat, and I shared this other day, I used to sit always in the front row at church. I'd always sit in the very front row, Vicki and I. And I'd just sit there and listen. I was just, I was just amazed that the pastor would teach the Bible. Um, and I'd just sit there, and I'd sit there, and God had just radically, radically transformed my life. And I didn't know how to share that with anyone else. How do you go out and preach what God has done into your life with the world? It took many years, but eventually, you know, God revealed how I could do that. And I ended up going to Bible college. Uh, ended up getting my degree in biblical studies. And then uh, in time, I served in the church. Um, I ended up being commissioned to uh, Calvary Chapel. What they do is they do, like, commissioning, and then they do ordination. Um, kind of went through the process. Ended up getting ordained as a pastor. Um, then we planted a church in Myanmar, where I think most of you know, but we were there just about four and a half years. And uh, it was interesting, the church, um, we ended up, when we got there, it was called something else. And, uh, you know, it was actually an existing church that had failed, basically, because lots of reasons why. Took that over, and uh, it wasn't really a church. <laughs> You're shaking her head. It wasn't. Um, that was the problem, actually. <laughs> Um, but we ended up changing, lots of different things took place, but we ended up naming it Refuge. Because I, I just, you know, again, I don't want to share my whole testimony. We can go to that. But I wanted to sh- go back to the point of Refuge, because that's the name of this fellowship, Refuge Fellowship. And it's named that for really a reason. And I'm going to get into that, but I want you to think about that, what Refuge means to each of you as we uh, go through this. So here telling you about a little bit of my testimony, and today, my main, as Vicki shared, you got to start, you know, of course, my family my, is my ministry, my marriage, um, but then second is this church, to minister to this church body, and then next one is, as Kevin was sharing, I do believe we also are called to serve with FBR, and our whole team here is, we feel are called that way, and so through the church, we believe we can really come aside that and still serve in the people of Myanmar also. And so we're excited about that. So just so you know, that's kind of how I view, you know, I have my marriage and my family and this church, and then additional ministry is there. So um, again, kind of going through, I'm going to talk about refuge in a minute, what it is. But I think there's some here that maybe have, there's some I think that are unfamiliar with Calvary Chapel. 
And when you mention Calvary Chapel, everyone says Chuck Smith. Christians always, oh, Chuck. You know, because, uh, you know, you got the kind of the Chuck is the uh, thing with that. But uh, I was thinking, how do you explain to someone, you know, they say, oh, it's Calvary Chapel. What is Calvary Chapel? I mean, what is that? I mean, what's it mean? It means a lot of things because we're a fellowship or an association. So you go to all these different Calvary chapels. Many of them are very different. I mean, they're not all the same. There's different worship. There's different teachings. There's different personalities. There's different, I mean, all different things. And so I thought about it. How would I describe it? And so I went to the website, the two of them, because we have two now. Those that know Calvary Chapel can laugh at that. So I went to both websites uh, to investigate what they would describe themselves as. And I'm just going to share... what they said. I'm not going to read it word by word, but it says, in Chuck's ministry, he, the teaching of the Word of God was the main focus. And then in that move of the Holy Spirit, which many people know was the Jesus movement um, at that time, what well, began as a small church grew into an international family of 1,700 churches now there is, I guess, which I don't know how accurate that is. That's right off their website as of this morning. It said, Pastor Chuck's simple yet sound approach to teaching the Bible has helped millions better understand God's word. Um, again, you know, the church began with 25 people. Uh, and then, it, interesting is in their thing, it says, He welcomed all, young, old, without judgment. And I think that, along with the style of teaching, is one of the trademarks of Calvary Chapel. All are welcome as you are. That's it. There's no other strings to it. Um, come as you are. Um, the emphasis, again, it says, in the teaching of word of God. A simple biblical approach. Uh, so it says, uh, what else you got here? It says, uh, Chuck made room in his heart uh, and his home for a generation of hippies and surfers, generated a movement of the Holy Spirit, which spread from the West Coast to the East Coast, and now all the way here to Chiang Mai. What began as a small local church, grown into international ministry. Uh, this one says 1,800 fellowships. So I guess it depends which website you look at. I think as you see that, though, I like the part where it says, you know, kind of, he invited all. Like some churches, I don't know if you, we, we're kind of familiar with it. It's like, oh, how should I dress? What should I wear? I just wear, you know what I, I just say? Just wear clothes, please. That's it. If you want to wear flip-flops, fine. If you want to wear shorts, fine. If you want to wear a t-shirt, fine. If you want to wear a tie, that's fine too. Um, you know, all are welcome. Um, in Myanmar, it was interesting is, um, nobody ever heard of Calvary Chapel. They didn't, I mean, it mean nothing to them, right? And all these people started coming in. It was all these youth. And they were coming in, and uh, it started with a pretty kind of normal-looking group of kids. But later, it's like all these kind of like outcasts found a church they could be welcome to, and it was just absolutely a blessing. I mean, people coming in, you know, their heads shaved, you know, different color hair, tattoos on their face, piercings everywhere. And they just come in, and nobody judged them, and they welcomed them there, and they got to hear the Word of God. And, uh, you know, I don't see anyone today with, you know, uh, them kind of things. But if you're, you're always welcome. Always. And, you know, it's just everyone's welcome. And a lot of people, I think, in the church, especially when Chuck came in, is like, clean up and go to church. I don't believe in that at all. Come to church and see what God's going to do in your life. Um, let the Holy Spirit do that work. Um, just come to church, no matter what's going on. If you've got sin in your life, you're struggling with something, just come. Hear the Word of God. Um, we're not here to judge. We're not. I'm not here to fix you. I can't do it. Um, just come here, sit under the teaching, listen to the word, read your Bible, and see what God will do in your life. Um, you know, opposite of what a lot of mainstream churches were. I don't know if a lot of them are still that way. So I think I was trying to kind of give the heart of Calvary Chapel. Um, expository teaching, verse by verse, Bible teaching, focuses always in the word of God. Contemporary worship, as you see, 
again, expository teaching, teaching the Word of God. That's the biggest focus, the Word of God. And come as you are. Let God do the work. It's not our job to judge. Now, Refuge Fellowship, as we are part of Calvary Chapel, both organizations, CCA and C Global Network, I can't even say which one it is, um, get it right. Um, we're part of both. We are associated with both, if anyone actually cares. <laughs> um, we are not uh, one or the other. But I want to talk about what Refuge Fellowship is. And I looked it up in the dictionary, and I, we just spent, Vicky and I spent a lot of time uh, in prayer, and we actually stole the name with permission from Huntington Beach, Bill Welsh. Uh, some of you guys know Bill Welsh. Um, maybe not in Huntington Beach. Great big church. Um, just an amazing godly man. Um, and I called him up, and I said, can I steal your name? He said, oh, I stole it from someone else, so you're not really stealing it from me. Um, we looked at the history of the church and why it was called Refuge, and we went through this. And, uh, yeah, I, I went in and just asked him because I really liked the name. But what it means, if you look it up, it says it's a place of shelter or protection from danger or distress. And for me, for me, especially when we were in Myanmar, there was so much going on out in the world. And this is before the coup and before COVID. Um, but there's so much going on. You know, we, the spiritual warfare everywhere. We have our work. We have all the world, right? Just the world's at, at us. And I wanted our fellowship to be a place that both the Christian workers that were in Myanmar and the nationals could come and it truly just be a place of refuge. Just let it out, sit down, relax, just know and worship and study the Word of God. I want it to be a refuge. We're not the refuge. God is our refuge. I'll be very clear on that. But I want this to be a place of refuge where you can sit and just put everything aside and spend some time with the Lord. So that's why it's refuge. And it really is a family. It's, it's a place that a person can just really seek safety and protection from all these things that we face out in the world. I mean, there's so many things out there. And a quick kind of Bible study on refuge. I've looked it up before, and I looked it up again. And, um, you know, refuge is mentioned around 90 times in the Old Testament. I think you guys have probably heard the word. depends which version, so I won't get into that. But um, we know that cities of refuge, many of us have studied on that. It's very common in the Old Testament. Uh, it's a place where a person, again, could go that was guilty, seek a place of safety or protection that they could go, that God had provided for them. Um, in Psalms, refuge is mentioned about 25 different times in Psalms. I want to look at a few of them, verse, a few of these verses, um, just to go. So if you've got your Bibles, we didn't have no verses on the screens today because I didn't want to be the only one with the verses on the screen. And this is Calvary Chapel, so you should have brought your Bibles. If not, please bring them next week. Um, we're big on bringing our Bibles. Um, so I, I do put them on the screen. It's always controversial in Calvary Chapel. Do you put them on the screen? Do you not put them on the screen? Should they have brought their Bibles? Should they have brought their Bibles? I don't know. But anyways, if you've got your Bibles, open up to Psalm chapter 5, verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them that all who love your name may be filled with joy. Just turn a few pages over to Psalm chapter 9, verse 8. Hmm, that doesn't look right. 9, 8. It's a good verse, but it's not the one I was looking for. Don't you love when you do that? 9, 9, there it is. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed. Again, this is 9, 9. For the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And we're going to keep turning. Psalm 25, 20. See if I got that address right. 
Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for in you I take refuge. And we're going to keep turning. Psalm 119, Kevin was there earlier. We're going to look at 114, though. Everyone's heard this verse, I think. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. That's the one I really like there. And I got that highlighted. Your word is my source of hope. Now, if we go to the New Testament, the actual word refuge is not mentioned as many times, but it is in Hebrews, and I'd like to turn there. Hebrews 6, 8. 18, sorry, 6, 18. So, God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. So we see through this that God is our refuge. And I'm going to tell you, as God is our refuge, the way he always, most often, most often, not always, but most often, always speaks to us is through his word, through our Bibles. And that is why we are, our focus always is to study God's word, verse by verse. Again, our name is Refuge Fellowship. I believe we are a group of believers. We come together to worship God. We do that through song. Uh, we do that through the study of his word. But it is our responsibility to point all the people, saved and not saved, to the true refuge, which is Jesus. And we see that and we learn more about that through the study of his word. You know, as... Uh, I said that, saved and unsaved, to point people to Jesus through the study of his word. That's kind of where refuge came from in Myanmar. As we were serving there, the history on our fellowship was that we were serving a whole group of people that were both um, missionaries and nationals. And what we saw there was very interesting, which I found it to be actually much worse here in Chiang Mai. I saw a whole bunch of Christian workers in Yangon that came to our fellowship. And as I got to know each one of them, I saw they were, they were facing all the things that we face as people, right? Marital problems, financial problems, uh, children problems, um, depression. Uh, I mean, right, all these things that we face as we walk through this world. Uh, I could go on with the list. It's very long, all the stuff that we have to walk through. And then spiritual warfare, um, disappointment in what they're doing, dis, um, doubting of their call, lack of faith. Um, it's just... The things that we face. I mean, it's just things that we face. And these people were coming, and they're serving in different ministries there. And yet, many of them, their marriage was in shambles. Their relationship with their children was in shambles. They were doubting their own calling. Many of them, even we knew, had fallen into different cult-type religions. We saw that happen on many different occasions. And these were people that had been sent from another country. I had, we, it wasn't just the U.S. and Myanmar. Actually, it was many other countries sent there to minister to the people of Myanmar. And most of these, half these people were more in trouble than the people they were ministering to. And that's where our focus at Refuge kind of started. To get them into church weekly, into the Word of God, get them into Bible studies, and start lifting them up and seeing how we can support them. 
So we as Refuge Fellowship, we study the Word on Sundays. We sing in worship. But, you know, we have a lot of other ministries. We have the women's ministry, which Vicki was talking about. We have the youth group, which Christian and Laura were interested in. We have for the children upstairs right now. That's huge. If you're going to be in ministry serving, you're going to face spiritual warfare that's unexplainable, that you can't even explain to someone when you go back to the States. But if your kids are being ministered to, if your youth is being ministered to, this equips you as a family to go out and serve as God has called each one of you. Without that, you're going to flounder. If you're not in the Word of God through a local fellowship, there's other churches. I'm not saying, just get involved in one that's teaching the Word. If you're not going to be involved in a church that's teaching the Word of God, you're going to flounder. And Satan is going to come after you because he does not want you here to minister to this country or any other country. You've got to be in fellowship. Now, we have lots of ways. We, have, we do marriage classes. We do finance classes. We do lots of different things. We have to see, you know, like, where, where are we called? Like, I, I don't know. We're just starting off here. Like, where's the needs? But it starts with the Word of God and being involved in a fellowship and getting to know each other as a body of fellowship of believers so we can see how we can minister to each other. And I know lots of you already get to know. Many of you have different giftings. Many of you have taught different things. And, you know, we can come together and lift each other up and strengthen the body and truly come and serve the people that God's called us to be. So again, that's, that's what I believe Refuge Fellowship is. And that's all done through the Word of God. Every study we have here, all the way from the children upstairs to the youth group to Sunday service, is verse by verse through the Word of God. I'm adamant about that. Because it is. Kevin said it's the Word of God that changes people. We can't do that. But through the Word of God, Vicki said all the answers are here. But sometimes it's helpful when other people can help point some of them out. Right? I mean, so... I don't know. I'm really passionate about that. And I just saw families failing. I, th- I saw families giving up and going back home that were anointed by God to serve there, but they had to go, they went home. You know, I think the number one reason they went home is because they were not in the Word of God. They were not in fellowship. They didn't belong to a church. So just because you're serving all week out there in the community doesn't mean you still don't go to church. You still got to go to church. You got to be in the Word because the Word is accountability for us. So I think I wanted to share that so much just because that's, who we are. That's how we, what we want to be for you guys. We want to be here for you to help lift you up. I want to turn to Ephesians because maybe some of you don't know, but Refuge Fellowship underneath our name, it says Equipping the Saints. Um, I don't know if you got online and looked at it, but that's our verse for Refuge Fellowship. So if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 11. We're going to read 11 through 16. And this is, I believe, the calling of the church here. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Did that cover everyone here? I think it did. It should have covered everyone here. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when the people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. 
He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's where we say equipment the saints. It says refuge fellowship. And this, these verses is what I believe is our call. It's every church's calling, right? I mean, we know that. But especially this has been on my heart from the first day is to come this. Um, I just want to share really quick through there. I don't want to spend a, um, you know, a whole lot of time. But again, I started and I, I paused when I said these are the gifts that gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. That covers the church. That's all of us, right? Nobody's excluded in that. Maybe some of you are like, oh, I don't know. No, none of you are excluded. You're going to fit somewhere in there. But it says our responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church. That's what I was talking about earlier with all these different ministries. It starts in the Word of God, but to build up each other, to lift each other up, to, you know, whatever people's going through, you know, if it's family problems, children problems, teenagers, financial problems, I, I don't know. But together, we can walk through this together as brothers and sisters in Christ to build up the body. And it says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. But it keeps going. I, in verse 14, again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. Um, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. We walk through this several, several, several times in Myanmar, in the church. Unbelievable. Like three different times we had it come through our church. Three different times. And uh, if people are truly studying the word, if they are in Bible studies, when these things, these deceptive tactics that Satan uses to draw people from the church, they'll see it and they'll rebuke it. But we saw it happen just time and time again. You know, these people, I got this new revelation, or I got this new Bible, I got this new... I, I just, it went on. It was, it was crazy. But I think that here in Asia especially, it's so dark. There is so much spiritual warfare that Satan really is attacking the church, attacking the workers. They're trying to get, pull them away from the simple truth of God's word and get them into something else. Um, again, if you don't, we need to be in church. I could teach all through this. Um, I'm not going to do that today. I do want you to know that is the passages that I cling to here at Refuge Fellowship. And, uh, you know, to me, this fellowship, uh, we may be Calvary Chapel, we may be Refuge Fellowship, but really what we are is a family. And I really, really believe that we are a family. We are brothers and sisters, of course, in Christ. But also we're here together. We're to worship God together. We're to lift each other up. And we're each to go out then to share the hope that we each have found in Jesus Christ with those out there. And as we do that, as we fulfill that responsibility, that calling, we're going to face tremendous spiritual warfare. And it attack, you know, they attack our relationships, husbands and wives, our children, uh, our relationships with others. You know, the number one reason most missionaries go home, is it financial? It's inner team relationship problems one of the main reasons people go home and out of the field because of relationship problems. Not with the country they're in or the people they're ministering to, but with each other. And I tell you, I think you could ask almost every one of them, and I bet you'd find out they didn't have a home church. 
I don't know. I just uh, kind of wanted to felt called to share this this week. Um, I will fully admit, not only did I feel called to share this, I also was sick for two days. Thank you for your prayers. I'll always be honest. Um, so I was going to teach on something else, and then uh, I decided to go this route and just share with you guys a little bit of our heart, a little bit of history of who Refuge Fellowship is, who Calvary Chapel is, and I hope that you heard everyone's heart from Laura Sharon the other day, from Kristen Sharon, from Vicki Sharon, from me, and from Kevin Sharon of just how we can come together and just lift each other up and uh, just continue to study God's word, continue to worship God. And uh, again, we're building, we're kind of coming together. And so our job is to serve you guys. And so I'm open for ideas. You know, if there's a certain ministry you're interested in or not interested, if you like the videos and don't think they're cheesy, let me know. I think they were cheesy. Um, but yeah, I get some head shaking. Yeah, they were cheesy. Um, I'm just joking, but I'm kind of serious about this here. This is our fellowship. It's a family. We come together. Um, it's not like this is how we do it and this is how it's got to be. Um, you know, our job is to try to just make a time and a space that we can come up and worship the Father. So I thank you guys. And again, remember, God is the only true refuge. And it's through the Word of God that we seek Him. It's through the Word of God that we have that relationship with Him. So please pray with me, and we're going to have some, uh, a couple more worship songs. And that even goes to there, Christian, don't cringe too loud. If you have a worship song that really just uh, you really just love, maybe you can mention to Christian and Laura. I don't know if they're able to do it or not, but, you know, we're here to lead in worship. And maybe some of you like, I just love this song. Um, you want to mention it to us. Um, so, you know, most of them we probably can do, but maybe not. <laughs> uh, so mention that. You know, you had a song that you really like. Uh, we did one song for three months straight in Myanmar every single day. <sighs> uh, I'm not exaggerating. They really liked that song. We did it every single day for three months straight and every single night. And uh, so don't ask for steel. <laughs> no, just kidding. But anyways, let's pray. I do, as, uh, sorry, before I pray, I want to mention one thing I forgot to mention. As this fellowship is here to lift up you guys, I wanted to, you guys to know, um, I don't usually ask for volunteers uh, to serve in the church. I believe that the Holy Spirit should lead you to that. If the Holy Spirit leads you that you want to serve in some way, please let us know. I usually try really hard not to ask because I don't want to force or put it into someone's mind to serve. And honestly, most of the time we are super blessed to have a team here, right? We have a team. The reason we have a team is so we can serve you guys and you can be in church. And so if you want to serve, you're called that way, please let me know. We can work that out. But know that I think that most of the people that attend a fellowship like this need to be in church. Um, and so we kind of do that on purpose. And some other people have asked about tithes and offerings. We normally would have a box in the back. We don't have a box. Uh, we're trying to get a box made. We do take tithes and offerings. We don't pass a basket. Um, we just say uh, it is up to you between you and the Lord and the, the box someday. Someday will be in the back. Uh, we're working on that. Maybe next week. I don't know. We're, we're trying to get one made. So again, I want to mention that. And again, if you do feel like you want to serve in some way, uh, please let us know. But again, we are probably not going to reach out and ask because I think that uh, it's important for you guys to be here in the Word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time that we could just uh, fellowship together, as we could just talk a little bit about who we are, Lord, and that you are our refuge. And that our focus, Lord, as a fellowship, as a church, is just to come before you and worship you. And do, Lord, we do this through the study of your word, Lord. As Vicki mentioned, to know you truly, we need to be in the word daily, Lord. And we need to be with other brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. To just be underneath that, Lord, and just to learn more and more and more of your love for each one of us and how and 
you would have us serve you, Lord. And Lord, as we go out and we face all these challenges that are in the world around us, Lord, especially as we're in a very dark, demonic country, Lord, with all the spiritual warfare around us and all the pagan worship, Lord, and we're here to share the light and the hope of Jesus Christ. We know that Satan, Lord, he's there. He doesn't want us here. And he'll do whatever he can take to break us down, Lord, to wear us down. And Lord, so we come before you, Lord, and we just ask that you would strengthen each one of us, strengthen each one of our families, strengthen the, our, our relationships with our husbands and our wives and our friends and our kids. And Lord, we just be properly equipped to go out there, Lord, and serve with joy in the different ministries, Lord. So Lord, we love you so much, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity that so many people around the world aren't doing. They're not meeting for to worship you in church. So, Lord, I pray for this continued blessing. I pray for this fellowship, Lord, that you continue to show each of us together as a family how we can lift up each other, as how we can edify you and build each other up and just come together, Lord, and truly just support each other in the work that you called each one of us to do. Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord. And I just You're so good to us, just so loving, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.